Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, Freckled Foodie fam. I am super pumped about today's episode because this person has become a ray of fucking sunshine in my life and honestly plays more of a role in my life than she definitely is aware of. But I spend almost every morning with her. Working out in our apartment, Kara Duval. I talk about her on my platform a lot lately because I've been sharing videos and workouts and all the stuff of her platform range that I am obsessed with. And I've said this to her. I've said this to you all. I say this in the episode. She's single-handedly changed my life. I don't say that lightly. I have never felt stronger. I've never felt more confident. I've never felt freer in my own body. And all of that is because of her workout platform. I cannot say more positive things about it. It is the most unique and wonderful program I've ever in my life done. And we talk about this probably like middle way through the interview. Um, But it took a lot for me to, I guess, like let go of this expectation I had for myself that workouts had to be this like super intense, sweat-filled, like cardio thing and slow down and put myself first. And that is what her program does. It's I, it's hard to put it into words. You guys just need to try it. I will put the link for her program in the show notes. She does do a seven-day free trial, which I recommend everyone trying. And then also she's offering 15% off, I think the first month, um, if you use code FRECKLEDFOODIE15. So all of that's in the show notes. Also, this interview was in person. Praise the Lord. I freaking miss in-person interviews. Kara happened to be in Jupiter while I was at my parents in Palm Beach. We met up. We did a class with my mom and my older sister, Maddie. It was glorious. And it was our first time meeting. And then shortly after, we caught up. And then we recorded this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy. Again, I cannot say more positive things about Kara. You can check her out over on her page. Everything's in the show notes. But without further ado, here is the conversation with Kara. Guys, I'm so excited because this is one of the first in-person interviews I've done in like so long. And I have been saying 
I cannot wait to get back to in-person interviewing because I fucking hate virtual. But we're here with Kara Duvall. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on your couch. Oh my God. You're so welcome. <laughs> so like to set the scene for everyone because I know I love to like set the mood for the podcast, but also because I think as a listener, it's always nice to know like what's happening mm-hmm. and I want them to feel like they're here with us. Um, Kara just came over. We're in Florida. Kara is here also visiting her family as I am. And I was so happy when I saw you post on Instagram that you were in Florida because mm-hmm. I knew you were close. And Kara just came and taught a class for myself my mom and Maddie, and it was wonderful. And this is actually our first time meeting. Yep. And now we're sitting here chatting. So welcome, guys, everyone, to our hangout. Um, all right, so Kara, let's dive in, I guess, for anyone listening. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming if you're listening to the show that you follow me on Instagram, so then you probably know who Kara is because I've been <laughs> posting about her so much. But Kara is a fitness instructor that I have found. When did I start? A couple months ago. Yeah. But I've no- the thing is, I've actually known about you for a while, and this I want to get into. This. I was gonna say I was I have I have thoughts about this. Yeah, because <laughs> no, I want to get into that because I think that's also it says a lot about my relationship with exercise, but mm-hmm. also why I think you're so incredible. Well, so we'll you. get into that. But I've been doing her classes, the range platform mm-hmm. for my postpartum Mm -hmm. and it has been the greatest gift and I say this to you all the time you're the best thing that's happened to me in postpartum and I'm not lying no I'm not I mean other than like of course having Liam (laughs) like you have been such a blessing so just for people who are listening you know I get messages sometimes that people want to hear more about someone's background so what is range okay so I think that getting to range, actually, we need to back up to how we got to range. I agree, but people are like, who are they? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm with you. So let's rewind, I guess, yeah. then. How did you become interested in the fitness industry? So I am a former classical ballet dancer, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, for those of you that might not know more about my background. Um, so I come from a history of classical ballet, which is how I was introduced to Pilates, but I actually hated Pilates. Um, one, because I, I don't think that I had bonded with an instructor, but also being told to do something when you're 13, 14, 15 years yeah. old, I was like, eh, this is just not for me. Um, obviously, you know, ballet dancers have huge egos, which I very quickly then got <laughs> over after I quit ballet. Um, but that's how I got started uh, within the fitness industry is after I graduated from college and quit ballet, I began my Stott Pilates certification up in Toronto and moved back to Boston and began teaching full-time pretty much right out of college. Um, So that I started teaching in 2014. And I'm sorry, why were you in Toronto? So um, Stott Pilates, the world headquarters of Stott Pilates is in Toronto. So I could have done it in the States, but I really liked uh, being able to go up there because... I um, was exposed to a lot of different teachers and therefore a lot of different teaching styles, which was very helpful for helping me find my own voice Mm -hmm. um, by not just being exposed to one specific style. Um, So, uh, so yeah, I've been a full-time instructor in Boston since 2014 and, um, but was obviously Boston based. And then when the pandemic hit, 
I started teaching virtually. And so it's kind of amazing that I no longer even really consider myself Boston based because it's no. become global. And that's honestly, I get a lot of messages. I know I said this to you, but when I <laughs> post about you, I get messages from Boston people yeah. being like, I love that you live in the like fitness capital yep. of America, New York yep. City. And you're taking a Boston instructor. Well, that's like a deeply rooted insecurity of mine, of people being, you know, <laughs> poor Boston. You know, there are so many incredible people in Boston, but like we can't live up to New York or L.A. Um, yeah, but, but there's you're... some there's some magic in the small states. Everybody. Absolutely. So ballet, I have so many questions. Yeah. I was a big athlete my entire life, but like literally could not have been farther from the candidate for ballet because yeah. I wore not that I'm, I mean, this is obviously stereotyping, but like I wore boys clothes my entire childhood. Yeah. I was wearing my best friend Drew's boys bathing suits to school until fifth grade. It was like yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. My mom tried to put me in ballet. Mm-hmm. Immediately they were like, this, this is not for her. Yeah. And I quickly never went back. Yeah. Like when did you get into ballet and what the fuck was that like? <laughs> because I just feel like of all of the Obviously, it is a sport, but yep. it's really toxic from yeah. an outsider's perspective. And yeah. I think it's a breeding ground for body dysmorphia totally. and eating disorders just based on what I've seen. Yep. So when did you start in the – and was it general dance or were you specifically ballet? Specifically ballet. My sister uh, – my mom put my sister into Boston Ballet. And then when I was like three or four, she began putting me in like the creative program for for kids, which is wonderful for, you know – motor skills and socialization and Mm -hmm. dance is wonderful for young children. Yeah. But I kind of just loved ballet. Um, I I was a very creative child. Um, And I also did really well with the structure of it. So I was going like four days a week at Boston Ballet by the time I was like eight years old. Um, And, you know, my parents put me into other sports. You know, I played soccer. I tried lacrosse. Um, golf, tennis. Um, I played the clarinet and violin and my schedule just got so jam-packed that my parents were like, okay, pick one. And it was very clear that it was ballet. Um, And so I went through the whole pre-professional program at uh, Boston Ballet, uh, but knew that I was going to go to college. Number one, I never had the body type for ballet. I loved it, but I knew that I never had the body type for ballet. So I knew that any sort of professional career was probably going to be limited because of the way that I look which sucks and has really tarnished my the view of myself from a very young age um but I was a ballet major in college and so where'd you go to school I went to Texas Christian University TCU oh my gosh uh yep so and I loved my experience because I got to do ballet and I also got a real college experience wait but what is a ballet major there yeah, so it's so think <laughs> like are you da- are you learning about ballet? Are you dancing? So it's actually so you want to know what it actually has set me up for so much success with what I'm doing now, um, because yes, you are learning. You're you're doing ballet. You're performing, but you're also learning all of the other characteristics of like, what does it take to put on a production from lighting design, costume design, choreography. So yeah, is it a uh, totally useful major? No. However, well, for ballet you dancers <laughs> are the most hire a ballet dancer because their work ethic is just incredible. Very passionate people, the underdogs. Um, because everybody's always like, well, ballet is not is easy and mm-hmm. it's not a sport. And like, we're all like, fuck you. You try it. Um, 
so yeah, it, it was obviously a strange, you know, when I tell people I was a ballet major, but hey. Well, honestly, <laughs> in a turn of events, it has clearly really helped your career now. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. I want to get into the body stuff really intrigues me because mm-hmm. obviously we know from an outsider's perspective that it is a breeding ground yeah. for like dysmorphia and just fucked up body image. Yeah. And similarly to what you said, like you didn't have the body type, yep. even though you have what society would deem a like beautiful, acceptable, mm-hmm. fit body. Yeah. But obviously the ballerina body type mm-hmm. is very specific. Mm-hmm. Like, that is really hard to digest as a child. When did yeah. that hit you that you were like, oh, my body, even though I'm thin, is not thin enough? So I, it's so funny. The thing that I hated about my body the most is something that I absolutely love now. So for those of you that are listening, I'm not even five foot one. Um, and so I'm very short, but I've got broad shoulders, a broad rib cage. Um, and as a dancer, you're supposed to be very small and delicate and, you know, waif like, Mm -hmm. and I have always had more of an athletic build. Right. Um, and so I used to want to make my skeletal structure smaller, um, which number one is impossible, but now, um, I love it because this big expansive rib cage of mine allows me to take really big, deep breaths. And I love taking up space. And even though I live in a small body, I have a big personality and I'm confident taking up more space. And so it's it's really funny that the thing that I hated the most about my body is now the thing that I actually really love. Um, but I still struggle with body dysmorphia. I think that everybody and some varying degree Mm -hmm. especially you know having my body on the internet for a lot of people to form their own opinions is is tricky but it's also not my problem um and I'm the healthiest that I've ever been I just turned 30 I'm the healthiest and the happiest that I've ever been I love that for you thank you snaps for Kara thank you thank you when you graduated from college and you became a fitness instructor Mm -hmm. what was your relationship like with your body at that time You know, I actually feel like this is something that I've kind of blocked from my memory. Mm -hmm. I can't exactly remember specific thoughts of my body. However, my relationship with fitness is something that I really, I was totally addicted. I was teaching uh, at that time 35 to 40 classes and clients a week at varying studios across the city and then feeling the pressure to go take spin classes, boxing, things that I thought I was doing because I wanted to meet other instructors but realized that I was masking that as this pressure to feel like I should be doing it. And that's when I remember really feeling totally depleted. And because I was so depleted, I developed debilitating anxiety my body constantly felt inflamed. Um, I was truthfully angry. 
Um, and so over the years, it was kind of, it was, it didn't happen overnight of, of shaving off these things that I felt were no longer serving me, which, which meant that I maybe wasn't as social with other fitness instructors. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was, I had to take care of me and I'm really glad that I started to figure that out at like 25, 26. (laughs) That speaks volumes and very much similarity to my life as well, where like, And I've talked about this a lot on my platform, which is why I say all the time that you're one of the best things that's happened to me because for me, fitness was always such a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. I played sports competitively my entire life all the way through college playing lacrosse at a D1 level. So like for me, I never had to worry about what I was doing. It was never like in college when people would go to the gym, like that was such a foreign concept to me because I would just go to practice. Exactly. I would go to strength. I would go to like our lift. I'd go to conditioning. I never once had to worry about what to do. And even over the summer breaks, we'd have our strength and conditioning packet. So I just (laughs) did what was on the packet for that day. And when I graduated, I remember being like, what the that's a I I never thought about that no it's crazy (laughs) so true like I was so confused when I graduated so I did what everyone did I joined Equinox yep and I ran because I was like well this is something I know how to do exactly and then I became I have a very I'm such a different person now when I reflect but I have a I was a very like competitive person with myself Mm -hmm. and numbers focused and it was like well if I didn't run x amount of miles at x amount of pace it was a waste yep And I became obsessed with exercise where I was draining myself, Mm -hmm. but I was doing everything that like Instagram was telling me to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I was being that girl, Mm -hmm. which I fucking hate. Oh, that aesthetic. That aesthetic. That's a, that's a, that's a thing now. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I was so obsessed with it and it made me such an anxious and angry person. And I find it so interesting. And I want to dive into this because I think your platform and program speaks a lot on this Mm -hmm. where like. I, for instance, got a question the other day that sparked a post that we've talked about Mm -hmm. of like, what do you think Pilates and walking is enough? Yes. And for me, it was like this thing, this conversation I always had with myself of like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And I'm doing enough. And after my accident, it became like, well, wait, any form of movement is incredible. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, well, what do people even think is enough? Like, Mm -hmm. why is that even a question for us? Mm -hmm. And it's so eye-opening and interesting to me that after I stopped killing myself with exercise after I like relaxed so much like stopped caring found something that works for me and just did that which is like from surface level way less intense quote unquote yep it's interesting to me that like now I was never the goal whatsoever I have the body type yeah that I is wanted (laughs) yeah kind of Wanted, but also is deemed the most acceptable by society, which yeah. I, I I don't agree with necessarily, but it is. That's really confusing kind of for me to unpack now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, and you know this, that I teach from an incredibly science-backed approach. I am hugely anatomical um, and very thorough in my cueing from a science perspective. However, I'm also just a fellow normal human trying to make it work. Yeah. Um, and I think what, what I do and what I try to actively do every single class is really take our emotional selves into account of 
marrying the science with honoring where we're at every single day. And let's face it, the past few years have been traumatic Mm -hmm. for all of us in varying degrees. And so I think that what we all need, um, and I am going to say the word need, not want, is a safe place to train our bodies to take care of ourselves without any extra negativity. There's enough of that. Um, and, and truly make it a safe and accessible place. And I too felt that I, you know, my body has changed quite a bit. I have truthfully never been in a bigger body, Mm -hmm. but my body has never been healthier or stronger because I peeled back the layer of the emotional onion and just took away things that were were leaving me feeling super depleted. And I think that is something on range that um, is happening for so many people as they're realizing that in five minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, they can get this experience that gives them so much rather than depletes them. Yes. And I say this all the time. When I leave... First of all, I'm someone that's like, everyone's like, how do you find motivation to exercise? Like, I can't find it. You have to find a workout you like. Yes. Like, if someone <laughs> told me to go spin to a spin class yeah. every day, I'd be like, fuck, I'm dreading this. I wouldn't go. Of course. I wouldn't find motivation because I don't like that. Right. I, if I'm ever dreading a workout, I'm not going to do it. Like, that's right. the bottom line. So, right. therefore, I find exercise that I like. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm exercising for the fact that it is such a mental release for me mm-hmm. and makes me a happier, yep. calmer person. Yep. Like, as an anxious, angry human, that is what I need. And your platform has made me, like, when I leave the workout, I feel better. Can I, I feel interject energized. for a second? Go. So... <laughs> And you don't know this. When I followed you, I because you've been posting your workouts for a, for a long time. Yes, yes, yes. I watched you from the sidelines, thinking she'd love range, but she's not ready yet. No, and this is what I wanted yeah. to talk to you about. <laughs> okay, let's unpack this. So I want to hear your side, but yeah. I want to lay the groundwork and let you know. I knew about you. God, I wish I could find out Through when. Through Katie I, Lemons. Yes. Yeah. I wish I could figure out when I followed you. A long time ago, yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I have no idea. But like Katie Lemons and Blair. Blair. Balance with B. Yeah. Posted about you like for a while. Oh, yeah, a long time. And I remember following you and like seeing it and being like, oh, that sounds so great. But again, this was when I was like, it's not enough. It's not enough. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's the exact same thing people message me. And it's so interesting because I was in their shoes. But like I remember looking at your platform being like, it's not enough for me. Like, yeah, sure, it works for others, but like not me. And I actually sent you a message. Remember, if you look at our DMs, being like, hey, I'm interested in your program. Do you have music? Yes. <laughs> because that's another thing. And like still I am someone that enjoys music. Yep. Like I love all of your classes, but yep. I am more you gravitate towards the foundation. Yes. Yes. Or arrow, arrow. precipice yep. because it does have music involved. Totally. totally. Um, so I stand by that. But you were like, yeah, I do. But just so you know, it's not like typical music. Yeah. Here's a playlist. Yeah. Which like I'm fine with. I, yeah. I love it. But I remember being like, her program looks awesome. 
and I think I'd love it, but I can't do it. And it's the exact same thing I can relate to with meditation. Mm-hmm. My friends tried to convince me to meditate for a year and I kept being like, I want to meditate. Like I get it, but it's just, no, it's not enough for yeah. me. I can't do it. It's not going to change me. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Push back, push back, push back. Mm-hmm. Then it wasn't until my accident that I started and I was like, why the fuck did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I feel with mm-hmm. you. Okay. Now lay it on me, your perspective. So well, that this is the, uh, um, I, for those of you that are listening, I've kind of had like a little bit of like a sweet devious smile on my face because that is me. Um, you have to be ready for me. Because it is different yes. than the fitness industry. It is so my my saying is um, it's sustainable movement designed for the long haul. So my approach is not for right here, right now. It's how can we make you a safe, supported mover for decades to come so that you can continue to do the other types of movement that you love to do. Now, I stick with range because I fucking love it. The movement is just, I can't even describe the way that it makes my body feel. And I'm the creator of it, but I am in love with it. And, um, but I know that you have to be ready to open yourself up for something very new because I said peeling back the layers of the onion a few moments ago, and it's the same way with movement. You have to be ready to relearn movement patterns. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, it can it can be emotional. It can be frustrating to slow things down, which the origin, which is more of the Matt Pilates-based class, is very grounded, very rooted, and really where we focus in on the most smallest internal nuances and then it grows to the foundation which is marrying pilates with strength training and functional movement pattern and then you get arrow and precipice that are high energy high sensations um and a lot of people they want to come and they're like i want to start with arrow right and i'm like uh, 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 uh. that's why the weekly themes all built are you know Mm -hmm. are built on each other and so that is one thing that i know about range is that People come, they stay. Yeah. And some leave, and that's totally fine. That is, I am A-okay with that. I might not ever have the biggest platform in the world, nor do I want it because I said this to you. I feel safe in my corner of the internet. I want to continue to feel safe in my corner of the internet. But people stay because they realize how much better their bodies feel and that they can get the sensations that they want. Mm-hmm. I will never say, you know, like burn, you know, that's just oh, things God. like that are not in my vocabulary, nor will they ever be in my vocabulary, but you can get those high sensations while still really keeping yourself safe. And after the workout that, cause we just did a, a workout outside, all three of you smiled Yes. And I was literally going to say Maddie. So I'm trying to get Maddie onto range. And I got her hooked because she's now done, like the other day we were talking, she similarly is going through postpartum Mm -hmm. and she's four months behind me. And, you know, we've been talking about body stuff and everything. And I'm like, listen, 
I cannot say more positive things about this platform. It has changed the way I feel my body. It has changed the way I think about my body. Like I've never in my life felt stronger ever. That's amazing. And more agile and just ready to go. And she started doing your classes two days ago and she's like, oh, I'm hooked. And after the (laughs) class today, she's like, the thing is that was an incredible workout. I'm sore, but like, I don't hate you. Yes. And that's the difference. (laughs) No, but really that's the difference because I think about some classes that I've left in New York being like, or in my head during the class, I'm like, fuck this instructor. You're looking at the clock. Yeah. Oh my God. Or rolling your eyes internally. And that, we were talking about this earlier, that I genuinely am just a fellow human um, and therefore a fellow consumer. And so I've taken so many classes myself where I've just left, you know, I took a, I took a reformer class. Again, I am a comprehensively certified Pilates instructor in all equipment, but I took a Pilates class and this was last summer and it's an instructor that I love. Duh. Mm-hmm. And she started talking about um, flabby triceps and tank top arms. And I shot her this look of, no, no, come on. No. Please, I just lost the one reformer-based instructor that I loved. And now I can't go back because I'm triggered. I actually (laughs) meant to text you. I feel the same way where now I feel I can't go. And I felt this way. It was like happening slowly right before COVID for me. That was like a lot of my body stuff. And like I was changing my relationship with my body and then obviously with pregnancy. And I can't do certain instructors anymore because I'm like, no, no, I, I and can't. that's okay. I can't. And I think you're very, we're similar yeah. in a lot of ways. And we've talked about this, you know. Very honest. Very honest, which is not always helped us but I think it's like a very amazing quality um but also like what you see is what you get yes and similarly and I want to talk about this like with our platforms I'm someone that's like I want to help as many people as I can with the caveat that I can still feel safe in my space Mm -hmm. and I can still enjoy my corner of the internet. Mm -hmm. And like when I observe all of these people who, for instance, on TikTok have Mm -hmm. like blown up in the past two years, Mm -hmm. there is a very big side of me just because we're taught more is better and I come from a I want to be the best Mm -hmm. background that is jealous Mm -hmm. and is like, oh my God, why did they get that? Why Mm -hmm. didn't I get this? Like, Mm -hmm. that'd be fucking amazing. But then the part of me realizes like, I could not deal with, like, Mm -hmm. I actually don't want that. Mm -hmm. This is something I'm working through in therapy. Like, do you feel the same way? Because the fitness industry is huge and everything shifted during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now most instructors have their own platform Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I, I want to dive into that because like, what is that like for you where you've created this incredible niche? Yeah. You love your community. Obviously you want to continue to build a business, mm-hmm. but like, where is that cap? So, um, one thing that really is of interest to me is not, so I feel as though I've really had kind of like a butterfly coming out of the cocoon, um, moment over the past few years of really, um, allowing myself to figure out who I am. And uh, I share that on range that beyond, you know, I I love spending time outdoors for, you know, obviously my partner Ben and I, we love to hike, we love to snowshoe. 
Um, we love dogs. We are trying to move to Vermont. I love sustainable fashion, interior design, and all of these things that I have also started to show via Instagram that are other passions of my life. And so something that is of interest to me is partnering with smaller makers that are more like-minded. You know, I I created a canvas bag Mm -hmm. with a local fashion designer, um, Allison of Paradis in Boston. I am creating a signature scent for range right now um, with a company called Soapwalla in Brooklyn, New York um, with Rachel, who has been absolutely amazing. And that's been such a fun process actually like how do I create a scent and like you know like put it out into the universe but things like that interest me being the most seen or having a celebrity endorse me doesn't have an interest to me because I fear that then it would welcome negativity Mm -hmm. and I feel very safe I feel very well taken care of because I take care of others and I feel as though I also feel very well taken care of. And so that's where I really like see range going is continuing to partner with like-minded smaller makers. Does it ever, like does your mind ever wander? Because I'm just coming from my perspective, like my situation where I am like, the same way. I le- I love my community. I like that I feel safe. I like my people. I've had moments where things have gone viral mm-hmm. and it's invited a community to my platform that I don't like. Yeah. Mainly happening on TikTok. But like yeah. I talk about this all the time where, you know, I was posting these videos about my mom in the beginning of the pandemic in Florida and like, yes, they went viral and yes, like people loved them. But it also brought this kind of community to my Instagram platform that like then when shit happened with like Black Lives Matter and the election they were all like wait a damn minute you're not who I thought you were and I'm like well you were watching videos of like me in a privileged life Mm -hmm. thinking that you could relate which is fine maybe you could but like I'm not fucking voting for Trump so like get out of here right so it almost invited this community that like I didn't fully resonate with and Mm -hmm. they didn't fully resonate with me and then I felt this weird anger when I started talking about things I cared about and yes. people were mad and I'm like well this is my platform like you can't tell me right. how, what I can talk about right and I'm not, obviously I'm not saying that about everyone that found me through those videos some of you are wonderful but there was a percentage but still sometimes my mind goes to because what has been ingrained by society and truly my upbringing if I'm being honest of like but if I had more followers I could make more money on my mm-hmm. partnerships yeah and money is everything like Do you ever go that or no? No. um, But I've also never been. I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. I, okay, let's go back. I'm a ballet dancer. I was never destined to make a lot of money if I was going (laughs) to be a ballet dancer. So I have always been passion driven rather than money motivated. Um, And that might be, that might be incredibly uh, privileged to say. And I want to preface that by saying that I, in the first few years of my career, made no money and my parents were incredibly supportive um because they they knew that I was something special before before I did Mm -hmm. and so they were they were there to support me um and I was making no money but um it, it was incredibly hard to to support myself um but 
you know, passion really is everything. And so I, I do believe that by kind of putting my head down and, and delivering a product that I really believed in rather than trying to mimic what somebody else was doing was a type of freedom that I am like incredibly grateful to have mm-hmm. found. Um, but I do think it's a slippery slope of it's so slippery. You want to cater to people. You want to give, you want to be liked by everybody, which is what we were talking about earlier, but that's just never going to happen. And if that means that the biggest partners never reach out to you, so be it. <laughs> I look, I totally agree. Yeah. It's just so hard. There is still that side of my brain. I talk about this in therapy every week where like, I, I don't know. It's so hard to unlearn this like more is more the, you have to constantly be working your fucking ass off to get anything mentality that I was shown from a young, I mean my entire life, if we're being honest, from family and society and then going into the finance industry, like that was just ingrained in me, like beaten with a hammer. Yes. So it's hard. I mean, I'm constantly working on it because it's so easy I'm sure you feel the same way to when you're consuming content, be Mm -hmm. like, but wait, that's doing well. Should I do that? Yeah, I find myself, again, it kind of comes back to the body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. thing that I think that it can be tricky for, for when we see people to have success. I think it can be easy for us to look at their physical appearance, which is really, really dangerous. And um, so one thing that I've done that I actually have never like said out loud before. Um, but I've never removed a class from range that, well, I take that back. I've taken some down to create more space for others, but I have released every single class and there are days that I feel like crap. There are days Mm -hmm. that I have cried two seconds before going live. I don't want to do it. I don't have the energy. I feel bad about myself. I don't want to be seen. Um, But those classes actually oftentimes are people's favorites. Um, And I'll openly talk about the battle that I'm having in that day. Um, And then I upload it. And there is something kind of like freeing freeing Mm -hmm. about, yeah, I don't love what's happening here. But you want to know what? I don't have to watch it. And all of those people that are taking it in, they're not looking at my body. No. And if they are, that's something that I can't control. Well, that's more on them than you. Yeah, but it's um, that's a type of freedom that is, uh, you know, to put it out in the universe and just be like, here I am. I feel the same way about my content where yeah. sometimes I feel this like emotional, ha- not emotional hangover, but sometimes I'll put something out there and I'm like, oh, that felt so good. And then I'm like, wait, like, oh, yeah, you cocoon into yourself. What have I done? Yeah. But then I'm like, no, that, that was freeing. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's like, I can't imagine living a life where I showed up differently on the internet than I did in real life because I would constantly fear what people were thinking of me Wouldn't when they met Wouldn't it be confusing me. living right. a double life? <laughs> like so confusing. I do feel, I will say, and I talk about this a lot, like there is a part of me that wonders like, oh my God, I bet some people from my past consume my content and are like, who is this? Because this is not the bitch I grew up with. (laughs) A hundred percent. 
A hundred percent. That is a real fear. What were you like as a teenager? So um, here's something that's kind of interesting. And I'd be curious to, if there are people from my past that listen to this, I'd be curious to hear your feedback after. But I have always known who I was. The good, the bad, or the ugly. That's dangerous for a teenage girl. And I felt like I was well-liked, but not fully accepted because I always kind of did my own thing um, and always kind of knew who I was and tried not to go down a different pathway just because Mm -hmm. others were doing that. But I did feel that that made me um, vulnerable in high school and in college. Um. And so I I definitely, you know, like my high school friends, uh, I feel closer to my high school friends now than I did in high school. Um, And I think it's because everybody kind of just grew up and everybody's doing their own things. And we look back on friendships and and realize, hey, that was valuable. I want to hold on to that. Or "Eh, I don't need this person in my life anymore. And that's totally okay. Um, But this is going to sound really weird when it comes out of my mouth. So please excuse me if this comes off really wrong, but I felt like I almost was waiting for people to like catch up because I could see from like age 14, like, why are you doing, why are you making that decision? You don't want to be doing that. Why are you doing that? Um, yeah. It's so interesting. I feel I was very, I've always known who I was. But I also was very much like, if I don't like you, why am I making time for you? Which, I mean, to this day is something I struggle with. I cannot be a fake human. Yeah. And it's really hard for me because there are some people, whether I like it or not, like I've selected my friends, you know, if I don't want to be friends with someone, then I can walk away from that relationship. But at the same time, there are some people that are in your life, whether it be family, you know, mm-hmm. there are people. And I have a hard time where if I'm frustrated with someone, I cannot mask it. No, me neither. <laughs> I cannot. Like, I'm struggling with something currently as yeah. we're recording this where I cannot mask my frustration and anger and I can't move on from it. And, like, sometimes I think it would just be easier to be someone. I don't think I would be – I don't know what the word is, but, like, maybe it would be easier to just be able to mask emotions and, like, make it seem like everything's okay but not. But – it really bit me in the ass a lot in high school yeah. and middle school. I also just wasn't the nicest person. But I think it's interesting how now my platform has developed where that is a fear of mine, where I'm like, what are some of these people from my past thinking of me? Yeah, and... and You can't do anything. Let them. I know. I mean, it's just, you can't control it. Yeah. You just got to kind of let it go. And it has been interesting and I'm sure this has happened to you, that people that I haven't spoken with in forever now are reaching back oh, out yeah. and coming out of the woodwork. And I'm like, hello. And and I am the type of person, I respond to every single message. I really try to be, my 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 hashtag is for the people. Yeah. Um, But it is interesting to kind of see people kind of come back into your life and you're wondering what their intentions are, but again, that's that's there. That's on them, not on you. So I will say, and this sounds—I don't know how to say this without sounding so fucking like not. Co- I don't know, but again, this is gonna sound kind of weird. <laughs> so when you say that, I yeah. totally get that. 
I'm having somewhat of a different experience where people are coming out in support of my platform Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of like, oh my God, like that's so big of them where Mm -hmm. like they don't hate me for Mm -hmm. things I've done. Not like, oh, what are you trying? Like, oh, that's interesting. You ignored me. Like, Mm -hmm. and now you're interested in me. I was the one that ignored them. Yeah. And it's, I feel this like, wow, I'm so grateful that my platform is powerful enough that someone cares, but also like is big enough to forgive me for mm-hmm. past. Yep. It's really interesting to me when like people who I haven't spoken to in years are like messaging me in huge support. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Well, because something. You're bigger than maybe, I am. <laughs> well, maybe, but maybe there was something that back in the day they there was something that they didn't, you know, agree with you or whatever it was. But all it takes is one tiny little thing for somebody to rebond with you and yeah. want to reconnect with you. It doesn't need to be this whole like huge shift. I want to be friends, but you could have posted one tiny thing, maybe a shirt that mm-hmm. somebody was also like, oh, I have that shirt. And it sparked a conversation. Yeah. And then they became more open to your content and what you were putting out there. I mean, people are amazing. They'll turn off of you for the smallest thing, but then they'll also come back to you for the smallest thing. So that's the way that I try to look at it is that every time that there's a, somebody cancels range or unfollows me, I'm like, that's just more space for somebody else. Yeah. I know it's hard. It's so hard. No, but you're right. What is it like? We talked about the fitness, like your path to becoming a fitness instructor, but the fitness industry mm-hmm. can be toxic, mm-hmm. especially coming from a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. What is it like, you know, we talked about this offline, how like it can be catty. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Remove I keep yourself? To my, I keep to myself. And that has come back to bite me in the butt. Um, I've been called arrogant. Um many times actually, uh, by people in the Boston fitness community. Um, but I think that I was protecting myself and also not wanting to be a part of the bullshit. Mm -hmm. I did that years ago and I developed such debilitating anxiety that I wore a heart monitor for two weeks because I was convinced that I had a heart murmur or a heart defect or something because I was like, what are these sensations in my body? And it was because I was giving so much to other people and not giving anything back to myself. And so that made me, you know, have some, make some tough decisions, which meant I was going to kind of go forge my own path and go off by myself. And that to this day has been the best decision that I've made for myself. So I've got wonderful friends within the Boston fitness community. There are some people that I absolutely adore, but for the most part, I, I've realized that I'm I'm okay um, just doing my own thing. But what does that look like in reality of setting boundaries? Because that's something I struggle with where I feel the same way. Like I don't want to spend time with everyone. Yeah. But when you have a platform, you suddenly feel accessible to others, which is a good thing and a bad thing in my opinion. Yeah. 
And like I struggle with physically setting that boundary. Well, I do too. But I think that something that I immediately think of is um, even though I was doing so much throughout the course of the pandemic and I was constantly showing up for other people, I still had this. I was very lonely. Um, you know, it was Ben and I in our apartment. This was during peak COVID where nobody was seeing each other. And so I loved the conversations that I was having with people online. I still do. It's like, the, I mean, I love chatting with people. Um but I think that um, during that time, it was really eye-opening to see, like, again, who do you want to invest your time in? Mm-hmm. But it was also an opportunity to be like, I don't have to rekindle this relationship yeah. because the P word, the pandemic, like, mm-hmm. it, we could use it as an excuse. I mean, excuse. it was such a nice excuse. It was, a, it was, it was I mean, I, I don't want to downplay the pandemic because it was truly, like, is when we were still in it so traumatic but I think in little ways it delivered little gifts and Mm -hmm. one of those little gifts is we could be more selective with who we wanted to spend our time with with where we wanted to send our energy um without necessarily having the guilt of you know prior like what are you doing this Thursday do you want to go out to dinner oh shit um I I feel like I have to say yes but I really Really want to say no yeah um (laughs) that I think now we have gotten as a society a little bit better at saying no. I agree. I think it it put a lot of stuff in perspective and it also changed relationships mm-hmm. in, you know, some relationships of mine became so much stronger yeah. and some became very clear that they were surface level and social. Totally. And when that social gathering is taken out, are we still friends? Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Like we're, we can be acquaintances, yeah. but we're not catching up. And like yeah. that says something about the deepness of that relationship. I'm a homebody, so I was totally fine with being in my borough with just Ben and I because like I I think that I personally learned that being alone or having a smaller circle made me actually feel way less lonely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Kara, this took so many turns, but I'm so... I know, it really did take a lot. I'm so happy to have you on here. Like this, A, I'm just so glad that I found you. I'm glad that I got to a place where I was willing to take the leap and try and Mm -hmm. then realize that it was right for me. Yeah. And for you coming on here, for everyone who's listening, where's the best place to follow you? Uh, So Instagram at Kara Duval Pilates. I am not on TikTok. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know if I'd say join. (laughs) Um, and then my website, um, my general website is, uh, com. but then you can also find range on range.caraduvalpilates.com. So a couple ways to find Perfect. me or my classes. Everything will be tagged in the show notes. Can we, did we have, can, is that discount code still live? Yeah. Okay. What is yeah, it? it was Freckled Foodie for 15% off your first month of range. Okay. Perfect. Guys, I cannot recommend it enough. If you're someone like me who is like, you want to feel more energized and confident and comfortable in your body and slow down a bit, but at the same time, give yourself get, back. Yeah. Wait, like, so can I actually really, yes, before we go. finish, touch on something? So one of my signature classes, I've got four signature classes and one of them is called arrow. And the image of an arrow is something that I use quite often in class, but 
Um, the, the real kind of heart behind arrow is, well, what happens? You pull the bow back, you move backwards and that actually ends up propelling you forward. And that has been an image that I have been thinking in my head for years, but now turned it into a class and into a mentality of sometimes doing way less than what we think that we should do propels us into life in such a more clear, sustainable, energized way. Literally, this was my entire therapy last week. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, like, I'll share when I post this uh, this episode my screenshot of, like, therapy is cool from last week of my takeaways because I'm working with, like, a coach um, – Alexandra Cole, who is a human design reader and whatever. I struggle a lot with like going backwards to mm-hmm. go forwards. Mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable in the backtrack or the stillness. Mm-hmm. I'm com- most comfortable in the propelled forward. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I can literally my therapy session was I've seen firsthand that when I slow down and take a step back and calm down, whether it's with food and my relationship with food or exercise ever since taking your classes, I see the best results. Not that that's the mission or the motive, but that is the result Mm -hmm. in a way that I never would have imagined. That's not what led me to do it. But I now can look at it and be like, wow, that's so interesting. And I can grasp the concept and know that when I slow down with work, mm-hmm. more things come to me. Absolutely. When I strangle my business, I vision this like bottleneck, like yep, suffocating you. Suffocating. Yeah. Nothing comes my way. Yep. Thing is things aren't working for me. Yep. When I take a step back, relax, like do less, attract more, that whole methodology. I know that's how I want to live my life. Yeah. But the real the part of me that is so um, result-driven and statistical and I can't think of the correct word right now, but the part of me that like needs evidence yeah. can't fully get behind it. Yeah. And I'm having this really hard debacle mentally right now with work mm-hmm. where I know that's what I want to do. I know that's what will help me. I've seen it happen. Yeah. But I can't fully buy in. Yep. And I'm trying my hardest. Well, I do think – I. I Again, you know, I, the biggest feedback, truthfully, obviously the physicality of range has been huge for people. But what you're talking about right now is the feedback that I get the most often is how it has filtered into their lifestyle and made it this all-encompassing shift of pulling backwards of being less results driven Mm -hmm. and being really present. Um, And I like to say taking inventory of yourself every single day Um, rather than going in with a plan of I have to achieve this, of really being present and clear-minded on the good days and the bad days. Um, So yeah, I'd be curious to see. And and, and again, that wasn't, I didn't do that on purpose. It was just, uh, it's been amazing to see this shift in people far beyond movement. Um, But I understand the mentality and the desire to just continue to forge ahead. But 
what's it worth if we're ignoring all of the signals? And And, it could be body signals or it could be what you were just saying, the bottleneck thing of opportunities aren't coming your way. And that is, you got to go to the the wider part of the bottle and Mm -hmm. refill back up. No, I agree. (laughs) I totally agree. All right. Well, Cara Duvall Pilates, everyone. Thank you for having me on. For a 15% discount. Thank you so much. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.